0: Welcome to Useful Idiots. I'm Matt Taibbi.
1: And I'm Katie Halper.
0: And we're back to our regular Useful Idiots. None of this experimentation with like a new life format on a different day. It just turned out to be just a a pain in the ass for everybody. It didn't flow. Yeah. I mean, they hated it. They they especially hated me, but...
1: Oh, that's nice to hear.
0: I, I think they did. But I think it ultimately... Collectively poorly
1: that, on, on the whole show,
0: on the whole show right. and, and you as well, even though you probably had some positive yeah. reaction. But overall, the balance of everything. Was right. Yeah,
1: probably. No, that was so, fun. I felt like I was kind of like a captive um audience or more like a captive person, a captive. I was I was kidding. I felt ki- I felt kind of kidnapped. Cause I didn't want to, I didn't want to stand in the way of your vision. <laughs> I didn't really know what it was. And Matt can be a little fourth ball thing. Matt can be a little, I don't want to say evasive or avoidant, but you got a lot going on. And so right. I didn't know and I didn't want to undermine your idea, but I didn't really know what it was. And then yeah. Wilson and I were scared. It was fun. It was a bonding experience, I think, for me and Wilson.
0: Right. Yeah. I, it, it once, once it show. makes sense to me, I don't, I don't feel a need to discuss it with anybody yeah. else. So, um, uh, you know, I just assume everybody else is on board, and yeah. um, so that happens. So, yeah, uh, no, it
1: was good. I think we went through. It was a good. I do think we we all got closer.
0: Well, no, we didn't. Not all of us. You, you and Wilson, <laughs> you probably Wilson got closer. <laughs> <laughs> no, we
1: did. Yeah, we did. Yeah
0: so uh Mm -hmm. all right so now we're back to to the show uh which has a format which we're going to return to right now beginning with the uh the four food groups of news oh oh just we have a great show this week oh yeah we do We're, we're in the news cycle we have a the author of a book that's, like, in the news cycle. Yeah. Out, out. Ben Schreckinger. This this is the author of the book, The Bidens, that is, right. like, a little bit controversial, and it's, like, stirring shit up right now. And
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. Right, yeah. So
0: we're, we've got somebody. It's not somebody who wrote a book, like, nine months ago.
1: Ages ago, right.
0: It's a book that's, you know, pissing people off right now.
1: As we speak, yeah. Mm-hmm. Libs are, libs heads, liberal heads are exploding, a la scanners, as we speak.
0: Yeah, not even just them though. Some other, some other folks
1: are taking the
0: task in that book. Uh, Well, it's not terribly kind to others. Right. (laughs) There's some some pretty, there's some pretty weird details about Tucker Carlson in that book, uh, among other things. Yes,
1: you're right. Uh, but, but liberals uh, are not used to having this stuff get any remotely mainstream coverage, I guess. That's, that's true.
0: Right. Yes. Yes. That's that. It's, it's very potent. So yeah. he 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 broke the un, unwritten law. Uh, so we're going to have that author Ben Schreckinger on to talk about the Bidens. But anyway, let's let's go to uh, the four food groups of news, um, which begins with Democrats suck. And this is kind of funny. This is just a funny story. So, uh, Wilson, could we see. Uh, the Daily Mail headline. Children in NASA space video with Kamala Harris are actors. Kids and Clip produced by Canada-based Sinking Ship Entertainment had to audition for the part despite p- being presented as normal. grinning school-aged children who, t- who took part in a NASA YouTube video about space exploration with Kamala Harris have been revealed to be child actors. The Get Curious with Vice President Harris video was filmed in August and tweeted out by the vice president on October 7th to celebrate World Space Week. It appeared to viewers that the children she was with were all normal kids. Uh, however, it has now been revealed that they are paid actors who audition by sending in a monologue and three questions they would ask a world leader. Critics of Harris have leapt on the video with mockery compounded by the revelation that it was produced by a Canadian company called Sinking Ship Entertainment. That is pretty bad. Yeah. Like if you're gonna, if you're you're a politician and you're you're gonna choose kids out of a from from a like a child actor shop, or you know,
1: it better be an all American and be called something like Kick Ass Productions or something. Right?
0: Yeah, Kick Ass Kids Productions. Like, no, sinking ship. Yeah, sinking sinking ship productions is 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 not good. So, anyways, let's 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 take a listen to this video where for. Kamal Harris talks about space with kids.
2: Where's the library? Maybe it's down here. Guys, there it is. Whoa. Oh my
1: gosh.
0: Wow, guys. Wow.
2: Oh Whoa, my check gosh. this out. There's so many books. This place is huge. Mm-hmm. Let's start looking. Look at that.
0: I, I love how they're it. ethnically representative, too. Yeah, it's
2: true. It's very diverse. Whoa! Is that like a necklace or something? Some magnifying glass, I think. Or a lens. Here's another one. We found two lenses.
1: Kind of has some Goonies energy to it. Your next challenge
3: lit. is to find and meet the head of the Space Council. I'll give you a hint. She actually lives at the Naval Observatory.
2: I wonder who the head of the Space Council is. Are you kidding? The oh, head crazy. of the Space Council the oh president! Kamala Harris is the vice president of the United States, but she's also the president of the Senate and the head of the Space Council. Well, welcome, you guys. Thank you, Thank you. so much. Welcome. And turn. she's had five okay, drinks go. this morning. So I may not always be fast to take my parents' advice, but what is the best advice your parents have given you that perhaps you can share with us today? You know, one of the most important pieces of advice that I can offer you guys, and I want you to really remember this, she really never let anybody tipsy. tell you who you are. You tell them who you are. Never let anybody suggest to you that you are what they think you should She's be. She's a woman you at the tell bar. You them who you are and who you know She is.
0: You, you mean you like the slightly eating. tipsy woman at the bar?
1: Yeah who you uh-huh. just, who you yes. like started talking right. with is giving you all I these life lessons advice. now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right.
2: So what is the most surprising thing you found about being vice president? There've been a lot of things because I've never been vice president before. So there are, <laughs> yeah. there are, are many Hello. things, but I'll tell you one of the things that I'm really excited about. And one of the reasons for our visit and the time we're gonna spend time together today is the Space Council. My mom hmm. was a scientist. So she would take us to the lab with her like on the weekends and after school because she had to work long hours. And I just love the idea of exploring the unknown.
1: Mm. And then there's
2: other things that we just haven't figured out or discovered yet. To think about so much that's out there that we still have to learn, like I love that. I love that. And so I'm very excited about the Space Council. We're going to learn so much um, as we increasingly, I think, are curious and interested and the potential for the discoveries and the work we can do in space. So that's one of the things I'm most excited about.
0: So that i right out of lines. lines.
2: You guys yeah, are going to see. You're going to literally see the craters on the moon with your own oh, eyes. Oh my with your oh my own goodness. eyes, I'm telling you, it is going to be own unbelievable. Eyes. It was so a debate. So that's one of the things we can do here, too, which this makes it so
1: exciting. So that's which stops in Sisyon, though. You would know this better than me, Matt. I'm gonna
0: go with uh, just clonazepam and maybe some okay. edibles, don't you think? Okay,
1: sure, yeah, I guess because like with bar lessons of like with bar ladies' life lessons,
0: right? Yeah, like you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to think that there is like a benzodiazepine with the alcohol going on there because that's right. that's sort mm-hmm. of a that's a bad mix, yeah. but she does have that kind of like yes. l- <laughs> lurching sort yeah. of gel- gelatinous thing. And go yeah like she that. does but people who are not
1: watching yeah uh, she was a little slumpy side to side uh she we does gotta do, we got to play this at like 1.5 speed to see what approximate what she would have, what she that what? probably that was probably sped up actually
0: right now right. we know
1: that you know sinking ship productions had a hand in this operation in this right. in this production they probably did change the speed yeah
0: because she, she she does do that on the on the campaign trail like She'll she'll she has this thing where she kind of slumps yes, she does. and and, and put her hand on her hip and she puts her hands on her hips, almost like she's trying to, like, crank herself back up because <laughs> the the her vertebrae are are right. Compressing. Yeah, yeah. So she's trying to, like, stretch them back out. And um, she needs to be
1: agile and, and like mobile because she may have to either catch Biden falling over because she always looks like she's leaning forwards when he's talking Catch him or or trip him something
0: or or like she pro- there's probably like a kill order. Like, yeah, right. You know, if he's about to say, you know, something really bad and, yeah. and forbidden,
1: maybe something about Hunter.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, well, we I can mean, get to that, that later. It. It yeah.
1: Yeah. Today's theme. Yeah. Those kids are obvious actors. Right. I mean, when I saw the clip, I don't remember which part I saw. It was just her talking. But now that you presented it, I know that they're actors, but I'm pretty sure I would have been able to tell they were actors.
0: I think it was the second question where where the second question about advice.
1: Yeah, that gave it away.
0: Yeah, it was just it was delivered with a little bit too much. Um, I, you know, I, I practiced this 40 right. times last night. Energy.
2: So what is the most surprising thing you found about being vice president?
1: I thought what, what gave it away was actually they're going on that like treasure hunt. Mm -hmm. oh my god
2: some magnifying glass i think or a lens here's another one
1: yeah that that was i think gave it away but i don't know because i'm biased so i never because i know the truth so i'll never know
0: it it, i mean it's it's very funny
1: also they kind of throw act child actors under the bus they said that people thought they were normal but that's fair because child actors are very weird
0: well they could be normal but probably i mean they're probably probably all uh, how many of those kids do you think are, are uh, will later have a scandal
1: oh that's a good question you mean it'll be like the like um different strokes the different stroke show phenomenon yeah like something, all of them something like trouble.
0: caught shoplifting or right. you know cannibalism or you know space
1: on um, space cruising without a license
0: right yeah,
1: she's the head of the space. What? Wait, is that every vice president? Is that
0: space council? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this, this, it, those executive branch functions are kind of doled out to people. I'm not sure yeah. how whether how ceremonial does that it, is. Have
1: that Hunter should be in charge of that one. Yeah, or they
0: should give somebody like just funny that title, like right. Well, I guess you can't give it to William Shatner since he's Canadian.
1: Oh yeah, we can't. But look at uh, what they did. They gave that like job. They outsourced it to a Canadian production company. So right, but you're right. right. We are talking about government, not Leonard our... Nimoy.
0: Is he still alive?
1: I think we lost him. Did we? I think so.
0: Wilson, check check and see if Leonard Nimoy is still alive. Which doesn't
1: mean he can't have it. It's an honorary title. He can't. Doesn't mean he can't get it posthumously.
0: You could have hologram Leonard Nimoy doing yeah. it. Yeah, died. died. Died right? when?
1: 2015. Jesus, wow. Matt's still in denial about you it. You can
0: get George Takei. Of would be a good one. Existence He's on hero. Twitter a lot. Yeah, so
1: annoying on Twitter. Although so, I, we could see, we'd still have him on. I want to I never saw his play about internment.
0: I never knew about that. Oh, yeah. Kamala, like her stick is like, she she could she could easily end up being the candidate in a couple of years. Yeah. Didn't yeah. you just, couldn't you see that that she was just done with the whole thing? The, yeah. Like after that one line, but they yeah. were still there. The kids were still there, you know? Yeah.
1: She wanted to open it. She closed her eyes, Wanted to open them and have them be gone. <laughs> Right, or just children.
0: or just like reduce the little smoldering black yeah, spots. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know? Okay. All right. Uh, now, now I'm gonna go back to doing whatever it is that yeah. I was doing, which you know, I think we yeah. can speculate about that.
1: But... It also had a spoken word energy to it in the spoken word poetry. Of, yeah, spoken word poetry, yeah. Well, remember also speaking of you know, recreational drugs, she famously on the on the morning um on the breakfast club said. When asked about, you know, smoking pot, I was like, I'm Jamaican. My family's Jamaican, which angered her father. It's interesting. She mentioned her mom was a scientist. She left out. My father was a Marxist economist.
0: Right. Yes. I didn't
1: make the cut, I guess, no. to be fair, not quite as relevant to space travel.
0: Yeah, Isn't that space, the same whatever. interview where she talked about listening to an album that hadn't been out yet?
1: OK, so this is a tweet that Wilson just pulled up. Kamala Harris claims to have smoked pot in college while listening to Tupac and Snoop. Tupac's first album came out in 1991. Snoop's first album came out 93. Kamala Harris graduated college in 1986. Okay, so that that's what you were you were you were right, mm-hmm. Matt. Don't doubt yourself.
0: It, it's it's interesting because like if you watch if you watch Biden recently, he's losing it. It feels like to me they got some pretty heavy decisions they're going to be making in about yeah. a year.
1: Yeah. I think Trump could beat her.
0: Her yeah. Craziness. Absolute craziness. Anyway, what do we have for yeah. Re- Republicans suck?
1: OK, so for Republicans suck. Um, do you want to see like an old school Republican suck, or, like a cultural war Republican suck? Or do you want to see a Absolutely. funny moment in the Congress? Republicans suck. Let's
0: go for a funny moment in the Congress. What- OK,
1: so the House has passed a short term debt limit hike, pushing high stakes deadline to December. As is expected, there were some, you know, high emotions. Republicans are very upset about this. So uh, let's watch this response from uh, Repu- a Texas Republican, Judy, Judy Arring- Arrington, yeah.
3: What this is, what costume party I've arrived at here in Washington, but Halloween has come early here because nothing on this rule bill says debt limit.
1: In, in, in this rule, I mean, I'll lend him my glasses. Jim McGovern, it says in the, in the title, Democrat uh, increase from the public debt limit. I, mean, I don't know how much clearer it could be. It's in the title. Did you not read the rule? I mean, honestly, you know, and, you know. So this is like a zinger, back and forth zingers.
0: Jim McGovern is a real, like, one-liner master.
1: Oh, is he? Uh, yeah, yeah
0: he, he he was on the rules committee for a long time. So this is, like, his whole thing for years was just jumping down people's throats with catching them, you know, saying things that were wrong. Because people, yeah. that's a long story. But anyway, go ahead. So he...
1: So, well, what's interesting is, watch this again. The, it's, it's short, so I think we can watch it again. The Jody Arrington part, he... He delivers it like a Shakespeare, but he fumbles. But listen to this line.
3: What this is, what costume party I've arrived at here in Washington, but Halloween has come early here because nothing on this rule bill says debt limit.
1: Okay. So the own is that it does, right? The rule bill does indeed say debt limit, like in the title, which is what McGovern points out. But I just think it's such a loser line for Arrington, uh, what costume party have I come to? I guess Halloween has come early. It's like he's trying to say it's a nightmare. I don't get what what, what it's haunted. What's what's his what's the joke there?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he whoever is writing his material was going for something like the Halloween has come early because like everything is upside down or right. They, they, there was some other thing that they right. had to like. But
1: they, he dropped that line.
0: yeah. You know, it's it's a little bit like I think, you know, if they were being better about it, they would they should have done something like, you know, I feel like Alice has fallen down the rabbit hole or yeah. something like that. Right. Like that's that's that would have been simpler, you know.
1: Yeah, that was um, a stretch. Do you think he he do you think he improvised it like in real time?
0: No, I think I think mean, the most most members of Congress have a, a an aide who tells them. Right.
1: Well, that, well, it depends.
0: Some some of them some of them like to be extemporaneous, yeah. From the women hip, hip. Yeah. yeah. But most well, most of them are like fourth rate lawyers who don't like to.
1: This guy should be fired. His age should be fired. What yeah, I'm not seeing the party, party is this? <laughs>
0: yeah. What? It's like you could be at a costume party and they could still correctly write or the the debt limit yeah. on the yeah on the page.
1: You right. Know? And yeah, and it turns out doesn't, that they did. It yeah. doesn't matter
0: what what costume you're wearing, like whether you write. Something or not on on the bill
1: maybe there is he like an evangelical like who thinks that that Halloween is is like a sin to to celebrate
0: yeah maybe I don't I don't, no, I don't think so I think he's really going he's really going for something like this is so surreal I mean it feels like I'm at a Halloween costume party already like maybe that's what they were going for
1: like it's a fraud thing like people are yeah no, I it's don't just, know.
0: just it's just surreal it's just it's just spooky or or surreal or something you know right but it's not spooky it's just
1: yeah, yeah, it's such a bad, it's like really, really bad. You, if you want to, Jody, if you want to workshop your, your jokes with us, feel free. Because that's just, that was hard. Horrid. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Horrid as people outside of New York would say, I guess.
0: Do we say horrid or horrid?
1: I say horrid.
0: I, I think I'd probably say horrid.
1: How do you say O-R-A-N-G-E? Orange. Oh, you say it like me. Orange, not orange. Not orange, no. And then the state. Where Desantis is governor, Florida. Oh yeah, you say it like me too, Florida. Not Florida. I think it's
0: Florida though.
1: It is, yeah. Although but so many of my people have have uh, con- conquered that land, and they definitely say Florida.
0: Not not many of my my people are down there. Um, A Hops. The, yeah, yeah, the i have.
1: I have. I can never get it.
0: <laughs> I can't either. No. uh All right. So okay. So that was Republican suck. That does kind of suck. Um, we probably have time for the other one. What What happened in the other one?
1: So the other Republican one is kind of an old school one. It's a. It's a. So do you know that? I guess DC Comics put out a bisexual Superman. Mm-hmm. Does that mean Superman is bisexual, or it's a new character? First of
0: all, who would want to have sex with Superman? It'd be dangerous, wouldn't it?
1: Why? Because he turned into Clark Kent during it.
0: I just feel like he. Well, anyway, go ahead.
1: Yeah. So uh, bisexual Superman came out. No pun intended. Was put out, was outed by uh, DC Comics. And so Laura Ingram and her guest uh, had something to say about this.
3: Superman uh, bisexual DC comic book uh, toy that was announced <laughs> today. Finally, I'll yeah, tell nowhere to go. Well, that, that, com- that comes
0: after a gay Aquaman, a bisexual boy Waterman, well, a gender fluid Loki. Call me I mean, when they really? HAVE a gender stable aisle with superheroes whose sexualities we know nothing about. Why are they sexualizing superheroes? You know, I was a Batman and a Superman, Spider Man kid. I loved those heroes. We just wanted them to get the bad guys, not a venereal disease. Anyway, leave our comic book heroes alone, Laura. We don't want to hear any more about (laughs) what they do.
1: So that that was too much for Laura. If you see her expression right when he makes his I guess the common thread here is bad jokes. But he says we just want them to get the bad guys, not venereal diseases, which is like, you know, operates on a couple of levels. But look at her. If we could just look at her expression. It's rare that you see her kind of find something to be problematic, let's say
0: we just wanted them to get the bad guys not a venereal disease anyway leave our comic book heroes alone laura we don't
1: do you see her? she looked kind of possessed
0: this is right 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 down the middle of the plate for her though this is like her favorite kind of topic
1: i know that's why i was surprised that she looked so scandalized by it
0: but like you know like with, with a lot of those superheroes there was always sort of an implied thing about yeah their ambiguity you know sexual ambiguity like i always i think i always thought aquaman was gay Huh. Like you, you never saw Ackerman with a, with a, with a woman. There you go. You, you always saw him kind of like, you know, looking longingly right. at a
1: fish. Right. You know? Well, that's a different thing. It is a different thing. Heskosexual. But that does uh, beg the whole the question. I mean, those terms suck because, well, luckily, homosexual is not really used as much anymore because it has such a clinical kind of diagnostic um, connotation. There is something just social about it that I think one of the the lucky things about one of the privileges of being straight is that you don't have to associate it with sexuality. It's just like the default
0: kids watch the flash and the flash has romantic entanglements. Right. Like if you're if you're thinking about it, you know, as a straight person, you just don't even notice it because it's it's it's, it seems so anodyne. But it's the absence of any other kind of plot like that that is noticeable, I guess. So, yeah. This is like outrage porn for Fox, yeah. though. I mean, like it's almost like their war on Christmas thing. You know, and they just they just can't wait for the next gender fluid character to come out so that they can
1: rail against it. Right? Yeah, exactly.
0: All right. Well, look, there was a real, isn't that weird? But I I just I felt like the thing, the weird thing we should do. This doesn't quite fit into the category, but I thought I thought the Washington Post's conspiracy theory quiz. Oh. Was, was just weird enough in itself um, that it qualified it as, as, isn't this weird? This is basically a test to see if you are a conspiracy theorist. And some of the questions are, are, are kind of hilarious. So will you fall into the conspiracy theory rabbit hole? Take our quiz and find out. So the the story itself reads, who believes in conspiracy theories? Statistically speaking, almost everyone. A team of researchers recently showed that several thousand Americans a list of 20 common conspiracy theories and asked if they believed them. They, these included false conspiracies about the JFK assassination, 5G cellular wireless technology, Barack Obama's birth certificate, COVID 19, and climate change. The result nine in 10 Americans believed in at least one conspiracy theory. So then they go on and they give you six questions to test whether you're one of these people who believes in a conspiracy theory. Now, the first one is just awesome. Uh, Let's Let's get get started. started. Which Which of the statements below is true? Number one, Jeffrey Epstein, the billionaire accused of running an elite sex trafficking ring, was murdered to cover up the activities of his criminal network. Number two, President John F. Kennedy was killed by a conspiracy rather than by a lone gunman. Three, the FBI kept tabs on civil rights leaders, such as the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., attempting to find compromising information and damage his reputation. Four, regardless who is of, of who is officially in charge of the government and other organizations, there is a single group of people who secretly control events and rule the world together. Now, y- using
1: three. So, but yeah, use, I think one is true, too.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, and so two. Maybe two, right? Yes. Yeah, so, so uh, you know, we've all we've all played um, a Trivial Pursuit, right? We've all taken the yeah. SATs. Everybody knows that there's a difference between answering the question that you know the test takers think is the right, right answer and and answering the question that you think is the right answer. Right. But uh, just just for sh- for shits and giggles, uh, if we could click on number one, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, wrong wrong. so okay the the and then they tell you of course that the answer is is the mlk thing uh but the, the answer is wrong new york city's chief medical examiner concluded that epstein killed himself and there's little credible evidence of an alternative explanations uh still half of americans think there's more to the story uh the other conspiracy theories are popular too four in 10 americans believe in conspiracy in a conspiracy theory about jfk's death now i'm sorry the the Epstein thing, you know, this is like the guy, this is like the prison, the most watched prisoner in the American penal system, uh, just sort of magically strangles himself, breaks his own hyoid bone. There's no uh, footage.
1: For and there's no
0: footage movie. and like there's like a million other anomalies and, um, you know, and there's no evidence that he was suicidal or any of those things. Right. The, the idea that that's unreasonable. Um, is, com- is completely like, in other words, this test makes you believe more in conspiracy theories, right? Yeah. Because like now you're now you're now seeing- the Washington
1: Post is part. Right. Because now you're seeing that the way that these things are co- supposedly debunked are not really debunked.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. The next one is whatever. It's kind of like, you know, there, there, there's sort of a strong partisan element to this test. So, like, you know, you see you see a lot of stuff there that just sort of.
1: Well, this is, is a dumb is- one because they they ask you. So partisanship plays a a role in what people believe both Republicans and Democrats are prone to believe conspiracy theories and make the other party look bad. Can you pick the true statement or will you be blinded by party loyalty? Republicans cheated their way to win 2000, 2004, 2016 presidential elections. Hillary Clinton conspired to provide Russia with nuclear materials during the Ronald Reagan presidency. Government officials secretly and illegally sold weapons to Iran and used the money to fund Nicaraguan revolutionaries. Whoa, okay. Barack Obama faked his citizenship to become president. So I'm assuming it's three that they're going to say.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: So let's click on three and then I'll talk about. Okay. So, true. Uh, In the Iran Contra affair, Reagan administration officials engaged in real conspiracy. Several were pardoned after George W. Bush, Reagan's vice president, became president. The three other statements are conspiracy theories. Okay. So, But here's the thing. That was so dumb because all of those are recent except for the Iran-Contra affair, which, again, if I'm a conspiracy theorist, I'm like, oh, look at The Washington Post covering up things that are more recent and only only going touching conspiracies from a while ago that are therefore safe. But also, I don't they weren't revolutionaries. The Contras were not revolutionaries. What are, they were, I mean, they were they were trying to overthrow terrorists. The they were government. terrorists. Yeah, I guess I so. mean, they, it, both like to be to be fair, obviously, my sympathies are going to lie with not the Contras, but like they did say that both, you know, most human rights organizations said that both the Contras and the Sandinistas used violence and terror, but with the Contras, it was the default mode.
0: No, I'm just, I'm just saying that I think technically revolutionaries might not be incorrect because they were trying to revolt. They were, they were trying to yeah. overthrow the government. So. But
1: what do we, but I think in a different, yeah, but we don't really, I mean, that's an interesting question. When are they when are people revolutionaries versus cuz that's also another thing It's like when is it a coup versus a revolution?
0: I think you just have a positive connotation with revolutionaries where and, right. whereas I think there's a clinical meaning of yeah, the term. Yeah, but I
1: think there's a whitewashing, cocaine washing.
0: Right, exactly. Look, there's lots of interesting stuff here. We should but we should just skip down to number 5 and number 6 okay. cuz those 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 two are are really interesting. Number 5. Let's try another one. Which of the three statements below is true? Number 1 the U.S. government knew hundreds of black men in Alabama had syphilis, but told them they had, quote, bad blood and withheld treatment as part of a medical experiment. Two, President Donald Trump faked having COVID-19 in order to help his chances at reelection. Three, Donald Trump colluded Whoa. with Russians to steal the presidency in 2016. Whoa. So so click on that one. This is the Washington Post, folks.
1: Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's Tuskegee, obviously, is the first one.
0: Of course, that's the right answer. But but, 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 I'm
1: surprised that Washington, that means the Washington Post. Like hundreds of stories that they wrote are
0: are, are now are now have just been invalidated by this little this little feature.
1: Weird. Wrong Trump. So if you click on the Donald Trump one, it says wrong. Trump won the 2016 election fairly. Trump benefited from Russian interference, but Robert S. Mueller III's nonpartisan report didn't find evidence that he coordinated with the Russian government. Take that, uh, Michael Isikoff. Flash every writer at—I mean, I just bring him up because uh, we we played, we released a debate between him and Aaron Mate for our Substack only episode this week, where they really kind of went at it while trying to not go at it. It was kind of funny. Right. Um, but Washington I mean, how yeah, how many Washington Post stories have violated? You should do a visual of that of I their mean, headlines that violate that actual finding because yeah. then, yeah, no, they just diagnose themselves as conspiracy theorists.
0: Wilson, could we see uh, just for an for an example, Jenner? as it turns out, there really wow. was collision between the Trump campaign and Russia. So and so
1: who, wrote um, that? who wrote that,
0: that was who do you think? Wrote it?
1: Jennifer Rubin, was it right? Of course. Yeah, yeah, of course, right turn. So Jennifer Rubin, you are a, but i bum bum conspiracy, conspiracy theorists uh, we, we could go on way, and on looking terrible with dyed hair one of the right. great things that happened to him when he went to jail was he was allowed to let his natural gray come through yeah
0: you, you really got to just go with that you know? yeah it
1: looks so much better men should absolutely never dye their hair
0: right uh so that's weird right i mean i think it would be funny to do a collage of all the yeah. the um conspiracy theory articles in the washington post yeah it would be Is there Uh, another
1: one that you want us to do? Five and six? Yeah, number six.
0: So this one, this one is the best. And I I, I actually tweeted about this. The last one. Conspiracy theories often help powerful people, sometimes by putting other powerful people in the crosshairs or by playing on prejudices. Which of these statements is correct? Number one, a powerful family, the Rothschilds, uh, through their wealth, controls governments, wars and many countries' economies. Number two, there is a deep state embedded in the government that operates in secret and without oversight. Number three, fossil fuel companies like Exxon knew about climate change for decades, but spread misinformation about the issue to deflect blame and influence environmental policies. Obviously, we know that, that what they want you to click is three, but number two is yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I tweeted about this. The whole the whole notion that they operate in secret. That there's a deep state that operates in secret uh, and without oversight. Uh, it, it goes against the post. again, against their own reporting, like, you know, they they did. They did reporting about the the fact that they have a black budget. In other words, that they're, they're secret budgeting, that they, there's a lack of oversight about things like the NSA surveillance program uh, that they've lied to Congress. Uh, that they have the ability, I mean, you know, you can go yeah. on on and on down the list, that they have the ability to change figures in the budget to to make it appear that money that's gone to them has actually gone to some other program.
1: It's so cynical because this is what so many people do is they take something over the top and not true, like they're like, or they, a term that's, that's often used without backup, like deep state. What does that mean exactly? And it's often used by people who describe things that aren't true, but they use that, they weaponize that to suggest that the thing that does happen, which is things without oversight or transparency, don't happen. It's yeah, very Clint- Clintonian.
0: I'm, I'm pretty sure deep state was actually a, a a term that was used pretty frequently on in sort of mainstream liberal left uh, media before the Trump era. Yeah. Like, and then sort of magically it became this this bad word. This word conspiratorial word, people. yeah, right, yeah. This this test to me, it's hilarious because this is what makes people conspiracy theorists. You know, yeah. they 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 read the Washington Post, they see this stuff, and they say, "Well, wait a minute, they're 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 really going to try to claim that the CIA, NSA, and you know, a million other agencies don't operate in secret."
1: Yeah, well, it's also interesting because they earlier for, for and without own- oversight, <sighs> right. I mean, per their own earlier question. But people do this a lot with the. It's like it's a a great way to get out of jail free card. They talk about Hoover's corruption, J. Edgar Hoover, as if that's, you know, that was obviously a lack of oversight, what he did with MLK. But that was just his FBI. I mean, the story goes that that was like limited to him are limited to a certain time period.
0: Right. And then, of course, if you if you dig down there, there are people who will disbelieve certain things. Right. They'll say, oh, well, there was no COINTELPRO. There was no
1: that's there was cons- no. That requires conspiracy theory, doesn't it? I mean, or like what, crazy. No, um... I think
0: I think that's established that that happens, you know?
1: No, I'm saying it, it's it's it requires like a a stunning credulity to think that there was no Pro,
0: Right. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Just in the other direction.
0: But anyway, I I was like laughing at this. This was this was like literally funny. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's funny also because like what what's the mindset of the person who puts together a a thing like this? What are they trying to what are they trying to say? They're
1: whistleblowers. They're whistleblowers (laughs) of their own agency. They're blowing the whistle on the Washington Post. you
0: you think they're like hostages who are trying to blink in morse code like like uh you know the the location of where they're being held maybe like like,
1: maybe they just uh, had enough of of the washington post own conspiracy theories
0: that's really weird that thing about the you know trump colluded with the russians wrong like
1: that's so funny you know
0: that was hilarious um Okay, so uh, so what do we got for? Isn't that terrible?
1: Oh, for so for isn't that terrible? If we could just go to the article, Wilson. It's kind of heartbreaking. It's a hap- Okay, elk with car tire stuck around its neck for two years is free at last. Wildlife officials in Colorado successfully remove obstruction from bull elk at fourth attempt this week. So uh, wildlife officials reading from The Guardian in Colorado say an elusive elk that wandered the hills with a car tie around his neck for at least two years has at last been freed. The four and a half year old, uh, 270 kilogram or 600 pound bull elk was spotted near Pine Junction southwest of Denver on Saturday evening and tranquilized, according to Colorado Parks and Wildlife. It was the fourth attempt wildlife officers had made in the past week to try to capture and help him. Officers with the agency had to cut off the Elks five point antlers to remove the object because they couldn't slice through the steel in the bead of the tire. Really? Yeah, I know. We would have preferred to cut the tire and leave the antlers for his running activity. But this situation was dynamic and we had to just get the tire off in any possible way, Officer Scott Murdoch said. And then if you scroll down, you'll see CPW Northeast region tweets out, um, the saga of the bull elk with the tire around its neck is over. Thanks to the residents just south of Pine Junction on CR 126 for reporting its location. Wildlife officers were able to free out of the tire Saturday. So if you see the, if you press play, it's kind of a montage of them. It really is terrible. I mean, you see them, they covered its face, which is nice. And there you see it cutting the antlers off and then finally getting so it's a kind of bittersweet, but are they going to grow back?
0: I don't know. Who I think the it's hell like, put that there? We don't know that anybody put it there.
1: You think he got in there? I mean, but I guess it obviously it was two years ago and he was smaller, right? I mean,
0: a bull elk in heat will will try to have sex with just about anything. So I I could imagine like it oh, happened during that.
1: Interesting way of doing it, though. No, it
0: wouldn't well, be. Well, it's
1: bittersweet, but I feel bad. It's foreplay. I guess, yeah, four plague on awry. Yeah. I feel bad because maybe he wanted, maybe he preferred having the, the tire on his neck to losing his antlers.
0: That's true. They, they didn't ask.
1: Yeah. I really do want to know do antlers grow back?
0: Maybe he, maybe he thought he was awesome.
1: Yeah, exactly. He had like special honor, like celebratory ritualistic jewelry. Right. Maybe that's why he put on the first place. Maybe someone put it on him, a fellow elk. To show he was the king or something.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like it gave him status.
1: Couldn't they have melted the thing? I guess that's dangerous. It was a dynamic situation, as they said.
0: They probably could have set it on fire, but I think that would have oh, actually no, that burned would have the young's head off.
1: No, not okay. Not okay.
0: What do they call that? The the what? What's that thing that they 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 do when they put fill a, a tire with uh, fuel oh. and put it around? Oh, that the guys. they did
1: in South Africa. Well, they uh, do it some- everywhere yeah well they but especially I think after Mandela. Uh, what is it called a something necklace
0: neck- uh, Bolivian necktie or no that's the one where they no, pull your, your yeah. neck through your throat or your tongue uh! through your throat right
1: yeah, what is it called
0: necklacing i'm gonna go gu- i'm gonna guess that that elk probably wasn't happy about that situation, then he probably woke up and was like, What the fuck, at least ask,
1: yeah, ask, yeah,
0: not that they speak elk but
1: right that's the problem right
0: so that's uh, the four food groups for this week so we have a great uh, a great show coming up for you uh, we're going to talk to political correspondent and author Ben Schreckinger and he's got a uh, an interesting and revelatory book out on our president and his family mm-hmm. the dynastic Delaware crew the Bidens so uh, let's Without further ado, talk. Let's talk to Ben. Let's do it. Welcome, uh, Ben Schreckinger, uh, to the Useful Idiots podcast. Thanks for coming on.
3: Thanks for having me. Glad to be here.
0: So, you've written a book that's—I uh, mean—it's kind of unique in, in the political landscape because it. There are people on both sides who who like it, and people on both sides who are who are. Um, Irritated uh, that there's certain content even in it. Could you first tell us what prompted you to write the book, and then secondly, uh, did you think about that approach of kind of uh, being an equal opportunity offender as you were as you were writing it?
3: Yeah. Um, so this all started a little over two years ago when I had the idea of profiling Hunter Biden for Politico magazine. Um, and pretty quickly, that process went from like a general profile, this is a, an interesting figure who may play into the presidential campaign, uh, to something that was more narrowly focused on his business dealings, as well as those of Joe Biden's younger brother, one of his two younger brothers, Jimmy Biden, uh, Hunter's uncle. Hunter and Jimmy are sometimes business partners, sometimes they have their own ventures, Uh, And there were just a number of episodes going back to Joe's first term in the Senate in the early 70s, uh, where their business dealings were making the news, were the subjects of lawsuits. Uh, Often they were, they raised these questions of whether these relatives were getting favorable treatment, sweetheart deals, generous loans, uh, or were trading on the name, the Biden name. I thought I would write about this once, you know, it wasn't like the most fun story. It's digging through old newspaper clippings and legal filings, and it's a pretty contentious subject. But by the time I'd published that story, what I'd missed in the process was that there was a new lawsuit filed uh, in Tennessee, or at least unsealed in Tennessee, uh, where Jimmy Biden was being accused of all the same sorts of things uh, that were in this story, but in a much more recent healthcare venture down there by some firms that said they defrauded him and offered his brother's help. A lot of this by the time Joe Biden won the presidency was about trying to square what I was learning about the family's business dealings uh, with what I'd known about Joe Biden previously and this folksy image I'd had of him and his family. And so I just wanted to tell the story in full.
0: Yeah, because you you tell it. It's like a family dynasty type of story. And Jim and Hunter are kind of peas in a pod. They're like profiteers and Bo and Joe are more on the political side. They have the, the cleaner image or they maybe even in reality actually are less inclined uh, to, to be making money. So it ends up being like this, this pretty sprawling, difficult uh, family story. How long did it take to, to, to write and get a, get a handle on what was actually going on in the family?
3: Well, it, it, was, it was quick for a book, especially a book of this scope. You know, I started writing right after Biden won the presidency was wrapped up around late June. So like seven, eight months or so Um, there'd been, you know, close to a year and a half of reporting already at that point that I'd been doing for Politico um, because I kept doing stories after that first Biden Inc. magazine story. Uh, And as I put in the author's note, you know, this is not the end of the Biden story. This is not the Robert Caro, you know, treatment of James Johnson. Um, a lot of these episodes are ambiguous, there's conflicting evidence, um, so I'm expecting our understanding of a lot of these episodes, especially the more recent ones, having to do with Hunter Biden to continue to evolve, and, and that's definitely a, a tricky and a treacherous thing to be doing, trying to write uh, a book-length treatment of something as events are sort of still unfolding, but um, I wanted it to come out in a timely way, and I think, it, I think that it has.
1: What was the most uh, surprising thing that you uncovered or the thing that most changed your understanding of the Bidens?
3: That's a great question. I don't think there's any real one thing. I will say that very, very early on in that first Biden Inc. story, um, it was writing about this hedge fund firm paradigm that Jimmy and Hunter acquired Um, that was associated with the Unification Church, the Moonies, as they're known. The fact that they had gone into business with Alan Stanford's firm that was, and launched a fun with it.
0: I, I was totally, sh- I had never heard that before. That's an amazing fact that's in the book. Anyway, go
3: ahead. Yeah, and even more, one thing I sort of realized later on as I was lining up, of as I was researching the book and lining up what was going on with Joe during this period is uh, around the time they're getting into business with Alan Stanford, it's it's as... The financial crisis is unfolding, and Joe Biden is literally calling out the hedge fund industry for cowboy capitalism. I think is the term that he used on the campaign trail. And the sort of split screen of that with his son and his brother going into the second largest, going to business with the second largest Ponzi schemer from that crisis. You know, Stanford's not as big as as Madoff, but he's the next biggest. It's like eight billion dollar fraud. Uh, is I think sort of striking. And and in the process of reporting out the paradigm the Paradigm episode for the first time for that first Politico story, one of the first people I was able to reach was an executive, uh, the former chief compliance officer of the firm who's, who's cited at length. And he said, you know, yeah, Jimmy Biden showed up on the first day and said, uh, don't worry about investments. We got people around the world who want to put money behind Joe Biden. Joe Biden was then the ranking member on Senate foreign relations. And, and the idea was Well, if you're a deep-pocketed foreign interest, you can't give money legally to a Joe Biden senator presidential campaign, but you could invest in this firm. And by all appearances, that didn't end up working out. They don't seem to actually succeed in landing these sorts of investments. But that was striking to not have a deep understanding of the family's business dealings. And for one of the first people you reach to be an executive who says, oh, yeah, this is what happened. This is what Jimmy Biden said on the first day. It was like, wow.
0: Isn't is the, Isn't there a, qu- a quote in there like, "We're going to have seven forty sevens filled with cash, ready for uh, to and to invest like that." That was an that was an amazing quote.
3: Yeah, and it's sort of you know what uh, early on at the outset of the reporting, it's like, what am I to make of this? Because this is not some random crank who's coming to me. It's not someone who's being shocked to me by uh, you know some political operative. This is. Let me look up who was at this firm 10 years ago, start calling the top executives, reaching out to them. And this is one of the first people I, I reached. And, you know, you'd be much more wary of that if someone were approaching you with that information. When you approach someone else and that's what they say, it's, it puts you back on your, your back heels a little bit, I think has become less shocking, both over the course of reporting that story out, it made more sense to me and, and became far more plausible and understandable in the context of their other business dealings. Um, and then having reported out ten or so other episodes since then, it's you know uh, it's, it makes more sense.
0: So the one of the thing one of the things that the book uh, the the line that's getting the most press from the book, and I'm just going to read read from here. This is about the infamous the, the thing that that you call the laptop from hell, to, uh, and it's in that chapter. And what you write is, but other evidence points to the conclusion that the files in, in the cache. Which I obtained from supporters of Trump are at least largely genuine, uh, and then you go on to list, you know, several reasons why why you you've come to that conclusion. I was really impressed that you used the Swedish equivalent of the Freedom of Information Law uh, yeah. to to actually dig into that. Uh, I guess question one is, could you just quickly go through what what the evidence is there, and then two, what the reaction was? Because I w- I would imagine you you would have dealt with some difficulty from, uh, bookers, you know, maybe, or from, from your own publisher, uh, from other media figures, like, did, did, did that cause you any problems?
3: Well, it was definitely, uh, you know, a, a hot potato, this laptop and has been, you know, from the day of the New York post first reported on it. The evidence, yeah, to go through what's in the book, you know, I spoke to somebody who had, uh, Some independent access for a time to Hunter Biden's emails, and they said yes. This ten held by H for the big guy email is something I recall seeing, and I recall that language specifically. Uh, And yes, I do recall this Burisma representative uh, sending an email thanking Hunter Biden for for the opportunity to meet his father, which were the two uh, the two emails that were at the center of the first two New York Post stories. And then I was able to confirm some ones that have not been at the center of, of big controversy, but are in, are in this cache. Uh, some of them, as you refer to, are Hunter Biden for a time uh, had an office at the complex on K Street in Washington that houses uh, the Swedish embassy. And so the Swedish government was essentially his landlord. Uh, and you can get that correspondence from the Swedish government under their, their equivalent of FOIA. Uh, and that matched emails in the cash. And then just in reporting Hunter Biden's activities in the six months or so, eight months or so before uh, his father announces his latest presidential bid. Uh, I talked to some people who were interacting with him during that time and confirmed, yes, I did engage in the correspondence that you're describing to me. Yes, I have a copy of this. And, you know, I could have spent all seven months really going through this laptop, uh, trying to confirm all sorts of interesting things in it. And it's, it's a frustration of mine that um, I haven't had more of a chance to do that just by virtue of the fact that this book is about, you know, 50 plus years of the Biden family's history. Right. And so I'll look forward to if others are continuing to do reporting on this, and maybe I'll have a chance to dive dive back in. Um, but at least large parts of this are, are genuine.
0: Did you ever hit anything that didn't pan out when you were looking through, through that stuff? I mean, I obviously, there's stuff you can't confirm, but-
3: I didn't. Yeah, I didn't find anything where I got in touch with somebody and said, "Hey, is this real?" And they said, "No, I absolutely, you know, didn't have this. This must be a fake. Uh, you know, this must be forged." It's it's definitely still possible that there is something in there, and it it uh, is a you know established technique of something like an intelligence service of very sophisticated actors to leak a lot of genuine material and try to subtly slip in something damning that's that's not real. Um, which is part of what makes it so difficult to report on something like this, uh, which is you can firm up, hey, this is at least mostly real, but any individual thing, uh, especially if it's, you know, if it would be damaging to somebody or something like that, uh, you want to be careful with. There is one potential inconsistency that I mentioned in the book with the story that that's, was initially offered for how these things became public which is just that uh, John Paul McIsaac, this Delaware repair shop owner who is legally blind, uh, who has said that Hunter left these devices with him and contractually after 90 days of not picking them up, like relinquished ownership to him, giving him the right to give it to Rudy Giuliani. He says that happened in April of 2019 is, is when this transaction took place with Hunter Biden. Hunter in his memoir uh, describes going out to Los Angeles in March of 2019. And at least by his timeline, appears to stay out in Los Angeles, at least through May when he ends up getting married to this woman who he's just met, uh, Melissa Cohen. And there is in his calendars on the, on the laptop, there is a flight out to Los Angeles in March, the way he describes in his memoir. And I, I don't see a flight back to Delaware. I mean, there's all sorts of potential explanations for why that might be, and maybe he did go back to Delaware. Um, and unfortunately, you know, Hunter's not taking my calls to, to <laughs> talk through it with me. So, you know, what we have right now is this. On you might the be record... calling him
0: at the wrong time. Like, you should try calling at like 3:30 a.m. You know, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
3: It's tough with the time <laughs> difference. Yeah how do right. you how do you how do you catch Hunter when he wants tell to tell him your name is Bicycles. <laughs> And so, you know, what we have is John Paul McIsaac's tale and Rudy Giuliani's tale uh, of how they got their hands on this material. And Hunter said, I don't remember if I dropped it at this Mac shop or not. I wasn't really keeping track of my uh, possessions at this time. And so if there is more to this story or another story, uh, we haven't heard it. And and it's not totally clear either way. And I think, you know, it is interesting if there is more to the story, that would be that would be important to know. But uh, maybe less important at this point than than just whether this material is genuine and what it means.
0: That's interesting. And you you mentioned in the book that there was another lap. There's actually another laptop that the Trump administration briefly had, but gave it back to him. Right. That that was the uh, after a raid.
3: Yeah, he's up in uh, Newburyport, Massachusetts, which is a very lovely place, not too far from where I am right now getting treatment of a sort from Keith Ablo, who is so bizarre. yeah, famous from Fox Fox news. He's he's a, I think a psychiatrist or a psychologist yeah. um, who I think has lost or at least had his medical license suspended over, I think allegations that he was seducing his patients. A- and then he gets raided by the DEA after Hunter spending time with him. Um, and they're also raiding a nearby CVS pharmacy. I haven't seen anything that's come of that since that's happened, but Hunter uh, not keeping track of his possessions left a laptop at that office and the DA had it. And I understand uh, concluded this has nothing to do with what we're investigating here. And then a lawyer for Hunter got it back. So that does sort of, that episode just sort of does add to the plausibility uh, of what McIsaac is saying. This guy just left the laptop with me. He wasn't being careful and uh, you know, it, it wouldn't be the only one.
0: Yeah, when was the last time you left a laptop at at a at your your shady uh, physician's office? That's that's a pretty weird yeah. st- weird story.
1: <laughs> he uh, was a psychiatrist, as you said. Um, so he an MD. Then he got his license. Uh, he he gave it up basically because he was uh, having inappropriate sexual relations with his patients.
3: And the other weird thing about that is that Ablo. One of the things Ablo is best known for is he. He implied that Joe Biden was drunk during the vice presidential debate with Paul Ryan and Joe Biden doesn't drink. Uh, So it's just it's just so weird. And, you know, uh, in the realm of psychoanalysis or psychiatry, the idea that this guy, you know, famously had bashed Hunter's father. Yeah, and And he's a
1: regular on Fox.
0: Yeah, there's there's also there's other. Other weird, like uh, Fox Biden cross pollination. There is the is the Tucker Carlson stuff that's in the book. Uh, you, you reached out to Tucker. <laughs> it's it's funny. You reached out to him about the, the emails in the laptop. And can you talk about what what response you got? Uh, yeah, and- I could.
3: I didn't get a yes or no answer from Tucker. I said, "Listen, I'm trying to see if these things are real or fake." And like, here's here's a, I think I sent just like a screenshot of the correspondence. Um, And it's, it's one of them, there's a couple email chains and one of them is Tucker thanking Hunter for writing uh, a younger relative, uh, a letter to Georgetown University. And, you know, Tucker didn't want to say yes or no, or didn't Mm -hmm. say yes or no. He said, I thought this was Russian propaganda. I don't want you to see you becoming a Kremlin stooge by reporting (laughs) on this. And I took that as his, you know, sarcastic screw you to you know anyone who was dismissing this as russian disinformation but uh, you know and, and and it's not like it's just some big secret that that tucker and hunter knew each other it's something tucker carlson's talked about on air um but in the context of a story about you know a family that is coming from you know not a lot of connections and is joining the american elite and what that means i think it's especially interesting the the one the bipartisan nature of these relationships that, that go on uh, when the television camera is not on um, and the fact that you know the biggest favor you can essentially do from someone in in you know America's elite subculture is write a letter to a, a college on behalf of a relative and, and I think it's interesting to to look at as well at the Rudy Giuliani Joe Biden relationship yeah. sort of through the same lens, which is, Uh, years ago Rudy had given Joe's niece Missy Owens an internship and that's just the normal you know bipartisan favor mill that has been been the norm in this country for a long time and seems to be sort of fraying and getting much more vitriolic you know you see that with Giuliani goes from from giving Joe's niece uh, an internship to really devoting much of much of a presidential campaign to trying to tear down Joe's son. And obviously Tucker has has done a lot of coverage of
1: this laptop as well. And Joe Biden mocked Giuliani, right, for being the 9-11 a mayor. noun of verb in 9-11.
3: Yeah. One yeah. of the times in recent years where Joe Biden has gotten on a lot of coverage for a line that landed the way he wanted it to, as right. opposed to the way he didn't want it to.
1: A non-gaff. Yeah. 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 He didn't mention his being Italian or anything. It's pretty impressive. <laughs>
0: Anyway, all right. Well, uh, Ben, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. Great, great work in the book. Um, Yeah, it's a
1: great book. Everyone should read it. It's really good. Everyone should definitely read
0: it. Uh, I'm going to review it too on TK. So so everybody should keep an eye out for that. And um, uh, good luck. And hopefully we can talk to you again sometime.
1: And to hear the rest of the interview, please go to usefulidiots.substack.com.
0: That
1: was great. It's a a really good book.
0: It it is it is a good book. It's full of stuff that is like surprising, and you know a lot of those little details, like about yeah, you'll you'll be reading it, like what they they were in business with Alan Stanford, and they they were trying to resuscitate Drexel, like like what the you know it would be a lot if this was a book about Trump, for instance. Oh
1: yeah, like those
0: those details would seem more you know ho hum.
1: Yes. Right.
0: Right. But they—they'd be they... both ho
1: hum and incriminating, but like ho hummily incriminating.
0: Right. You know, in this book, it, it it really stands out that there's just there's just a yeah. lot of a lot of stuff that um, you know, is is pretty pretty dicey uh with this yeah. with this family. It's it's different from the Clintons. Like the you know the Bidens are clearly a very tightly knit right family. Right. Then they yeah, have the a Clintons lot like, of, a lot of totally... history. Yeah. Right.
1: Who did the Clinton? I mean, what? Roger Clinton?
0: Well, no. Like okay, Hillary so Clinton's
1: what, what? She had one brother. Bill had one half step brother, half brother. Yeah, but Chelsea's it's not like only a, child.
0: Like the family thing with the Clintons starts with Bill and Hillary. In other words, right. like the whole and it's, and they have more like of a, a political family than a family yeah. family. The, the yeah. Bidens are like a you know they're like the Kennedys. They're like a dynastic yeah. right. thing. And there's just a lot to sort through and it's not clear what we're dealing yeah.
1: with, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. His mom sounded like a interesting lady. Really into yeah. fighting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and advised him to, uh, she was the one who advised him to, to drop out of the race in 88. That was interesting. Um, but, you know, Ben also, I think he, we should, we should give him a lot of credit because Uh, In this day and age, like 99% of books are there to be digested by one, one, one audience or the other. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I think, I think the, the, the Fox news crowd initially uh, latched onto this book because of the, the stuff about the laptop. And then when they read it, they found it wasn't terribly complimentary about Trump. And then there was a lot of negative stuff in that direction. So this is, this is like, reporting this is what it looks yeah. like it was it was uh, i kind of forgot what it was what right. it read felt like you know so um. I, yeah
1: i really liked it because it was also it was personal but also very open like upfront with its lack of authority if that makes sense like not authority in terms of the research but what to be made of it and it's very open to we don't know all the answers to the the questions raised here and maybe we'll find out later. I, it was just a really good book. And it was, it wasn't pretentious. You know, it wasn't Not like. at all. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, you know, like that humility, like there's a humility in there about like what we know and what we don't yeah. know. Like he, right. he he's very old school. Like, you know, the whole, his whole treatment of the Hunter Biden barisma thing, I think is dead on because it's, it's, it's very difficult to come to a conclusion. Yeah. Uh, what happened during the campaign cycle is all of, all of the sort of mainstream reporters said, no, there's nothing there. Right. Uh, with a few exceptions you know, a couple of high profile people uh, at the New York times tried to say a few things, but everybody, everybody basically said, there's nothing there. And then there were people on the other side who are like, Oh, clearly. Right. You know, this guy was fired because they were trying to kill the case and it's, it's neither. It's, it's like, you, you can't, you know an an honest person digging into it would be yeah. like i I, what the fuck, I don't know right, right? there's a, there's evidence of going going both ways and and he that's what he does with this book which i think is, is impressive yeah
1: so it's not like an it's not ideologically driven to exonerate or incriminate
0: right right
1: which then i think actually makes it very effective in incriminating him
0: well it isn't i mean it is incriminating I yeah. mean, the, the Hunter Biden stuff is like, it's bad. I mean, yeah. it, there's no way
1: to. Yeah, really bad. God, I ca- it was so funny. Not funny, but it was like reading the book. It's like, then he went to L.A. where he checked himself into rehab. Then he did this in Arizona where he checked himself into rehab. Like just reminded this privilege that he has that so few people have. And of course, the people who were like condemned to jail by his father's crime bills.
0: Well, right, and then you know he there like there's a scene in In the book. There's a scene in the book where he like is late on his mortgage payment because he's bought himself this this big 1.6 million dollar house, and his business isn't working out. And somebody catches him trying to take twenty one thousand dollars out of the business account at his company Paradigm, and he just according to the book, book book says he's his response was, I can't pay my mortgage what do you want me to do right and you know there's there's obviously there's some question you know about whether some there's a a denial like did that happen did it not happen but like let's just say that that story is true there was enough to at least report it that really speaks to a mindset of like i i have the right to do this because because of who i am you know Um, yeah so i don't know but really good stuff yeah. And uh, no definitely recommend the it book. kind of
1: is endearing that part, though. Oh, I feel like. He's... Yeah, I feel like maybe it's not it's uh, I mean, is it obviously there's an entitlement there, but I feel like maybe he just doesn't even. Get, I don't know. I guess it would depend on how he feels about other people doing that. Right. Yeah. Or other people like cutting corners because they can't pay the rent or they can't pay their mortgage, something like that.
0: Well, I wonder if there was a, you know, uh, an employee at the. Uh, at, at paradigm yeah who who maybe cleaned the offices or something like that who suddenly yes. took 21 thousand dollars out to pay you know right a couple of years of mortgage payments or something yeah. <laughs> you know if he'd be like okay how, with it yeah if he, would he be fine with that i
1: kind of feel like maybe he would be
0: he, like you never know right like he's probably know. an aa with that person so yeah exactly
1: you know. i mean he did have and the homeless woman lived with him bicycles right
0: being a drug yeah. addict can 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 really be grounding because yeah, you know, a like great, it's a great equalizer. It, it, it's a very diverse, like it's the ultimately diverse community. Like you know, it's everybody. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, really good book. Yeah. Uh, Great to have him on, and um, and we will see you again uh, Monday, right?
1: Yeah, Monday for if people don't know, if you're just listening. So Mondays, we do something called Monday morning. M O R M O U R N I N G. Some people have been confused because they don't watch the show. So you can tune in on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash useful idiots live 10 a.m. on Mondays where we cover the Sunday morning shows. So that's just like an additional thing that we do for you because we love you.
0: Right. Uh, All right.
1: We'll see you next week. Great. See you next week. Hello. Thank you so much for listening to and watching Useful Idiots. For full episodes and extended interviews, please subscribe at usefulidiots.substack.com. You can subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash useful idiots for clips, live streams, and full episodes. Also subscribe to us wherever you find your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Useful Idiot Pod and use the hashtag Useful Idiots Pod. Join us Mondays at 10 a.m. for the Useful Idiots Monday Morning Show where we discuss the Sunday morning news shows so you don't have to watch them.